Radiodrome. And it is Radiodrome with the full the full cast crew. Would we? Can I call you guys, Brian and Brad? Can I call you cast, or are you guys crew? Oh, you can call us lovers. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of real hate involved in in the sex. So I don't know if "lover" is the right word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, for me, it, if you're gonna be my lover, you you at least gotta be my friend. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, you and I, we have that co-workers, we're acquaintances kind of thing, right? Exactly. I respect you pretty much only on a professional level. You'd at least break if you saw me in front of your car, right? I would highly consider it and then probably, oh, we'll leave that open. Okay, all right, <laughs> on, fair enough. It depends on if you're facing the car or not. <laughs> it all depends. And, and how fast he's going. Coming? Oh, yeah. And how fast he's going, because whether it'll be fatal or not. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry I couldn't slow down. I was going 90 in a parking lot. <laughs> Zero to 90, and it only took like a minute and a half to get up to 90. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Brad's dri- uh, driven with me before, and that's probably close to true. Oh, yeah, you're was, one of those. It was a Sam's Club parking lot, so it's really big. You got a good straightaway. Sam's Club parking lots are, are really just giant bumper car rides that don't have attendance at the gate. Well, yeah, pretty much. Maybe that's why our friend Dave always hangs out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, I got a couple of things we need to tackle, but let's do the Adam and Eve promo first. Go to adamandeve.com, use the promo code DROME to get 50% off of a single item, to get three free DVDs, to get free shipping in the United States, and a free mystery gift that even Brian doesn't know what is, using the promo code DROME. All right, now we got something a little more serious to talk about right off the top, and then trust me, we'll get goofy after that. Brian, Brad, you guys heard just before we started recording about Todd. Well, our boss and friend, Todd Sheets, owner of Jackalope, he's been on this show before, recently had a heart attack, and he's still in the hospital. He's had now three surgeries for this. In the meantime, he has no insurance, and he's not working to be able to keep the station up because of being in the hospital. We want to help the guy out. Any listeners out there, if you guys want to help out Jackalope or Todd, go to PayPal, and if you guys want to PayPal a donation to 1201beyond at gmail.com, just earmark it for Todd or Jackalope, and all of that will go to Todd and to help him out. I, mean, it's, I think you guys would agree it's a pretty decent cause, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> Brian's was. like, oh, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's still too list. new. He doesn't even know Todd yet. <laughs> Brian's like, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't really know the guy, so I'm, I'm going to have to take you guys to work for it, really. <laughs> whereas, Brad, whereas, Brad, you've talked to the guy. You know the guy. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, just if you guys want to help donate to help keep the station running and to help Todd pay his medical bills, it would be appreciated. All joking aside, every cent goes to him. We don't get any of this. We're not some of these assholes out there that take like a 10% you know, commission and stuff. This all goes to help Todd, and it's worth it. We're going to talk Ninja the Mission Force in a little bit. Before we get On to that, that note, ninjas. Ninjas, damn it, yes. <laughs> but I wanted to know, have either of you guys seen the Psycho movies, the all four Psycho films? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you guys seen that new documentary, The Psycho Legacy? No. No. It, it just came out a couple of months ago. I just watched it last night. It, it calls itself 
the most comprehensive documentary on the Psycho franchise. And I was yeah. a little irritated. <laughs> not, Good God, why? Not one mention of <laughs> not one mention of the TV pilot. They didn't mention Bates Motel? Not once. It was just about the movies, but they call themselves the Psycho franchise, but they uh-huh. don't talk about Bates Motel. I get it. It oh. might it might not be a strong entry into the franchise, <laughs> but it's still an entry, and I was a little irked that they couldn't even mention it. Oh, wow. No, I, uh, well, that's a bummer. Come on, that's Bud Court's best work. And you get to see Lori Petty dressed as a giant chicken. I know, right? This is a good, it's, <laughs> it's a solid pilot. Did and, they mention the Gus Van Sant movie? <laughs> uh, just kind of like in passing, like, yeah, we're not, we don't really want to talk about that one, but they, at least they mention it. Well, that's kind of yeah. I I don't know. I think I think that might actually. I think that upsets me more. Maybe it's the fact that not, not so much that just that they didn't mention Bates Motel, but they mentioned the Gus Van Sant movie and not Bates Motel. I mean, Brad, you've seen Bates Motel, and Brian, I know you. I don't know if you have, but it was a. I, I I've heard of it, but I I definitely know that I haven't seen it. It was basically Bud Court was Norman's roommate at the asylum, and after Norman dies, he leaves Bates Motel to Bud Court, and then he tries to open it up again. What the hell is that? Oh, so he's, he's slicing a sandwich <laughs> with a chainsaw. I don't mind him. I'm like, what the hell? Are you on a motorcycle, Brian? I, I forgot to tell you, I'm, I'm doing this one mobile. No, no, I, I live on a... Apparently, really noisy street. <laughs> I just—he's—he's he's Johnny Depp at the beginning of Elm Street. He's got a tape. He's got a tape deck of a bunch of sound effects. Oh, so guys, I gotta go. What, what's that? <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> well, but okay. So, but Bud Court inherits the Bates Motel, tries to open it, and what do you know? All the guests he gets, other than Laurie Petty in a chicken suit, are the ghosts of people that Norman killed at the Bates Motel throughout the years. It's it was like crossing Psycho with Nightmare Cafe. Yeah, I mean, I agree it wasn't very good because, for one, they make Norman out to be a much larger mass murderer than any of the movies ever did. Yeah. But at the same time, it also brings a supernatural element that none of the other films had to it as well. <laughs> and is, when when was this made? Was this made before or after... Uh, part two, or even part three. It was made after three, but before four. Okay, yeah, I I knew it was before four. I knew it had come before four. <laughs> so I guess if that's canon, then it's taking place after the events of four. Well, see, even four doesn't have canon with one and two, or two and three. Four outright says two and three were all in Norman's mind, and it, it's a it's a direct even, sequel to the first film. That. I don't even remember that part of it. Like. I just remember from four, Olivia Hussey is the mom. Uh, what's his name um, from E.T.? Uh, what's his name? Who played Who played Elliot in E.T.? Yeah, uh, uh, something Thomas. Yeah, Henry Thomas. H- Henry Thomas, that's um, it, yeah. Yeah, I remember it was Henry Thomas was Norman. Like, I, I only saw it, like, it was on Showtime when I was, like, 12. It was a Showtime like, original movie, yeah. Yeah, well, this wasn't the premiere. Um, well, hell, it might have been. I, I, I might have been, I don't know, but um, but I I was like twelve when I saw. I mean, yeah, it was it was on it was it, it was on Showtime. I don't remember really disliking it, but to, but to say like any specific things about about it, like you just said, I I don't remember that. I, I didn't like the fact that it said two and three, which I thought were surprisingly strong sequels, 
those didn't happen. This was just yeah. a sequel to the first one. That irritated me because I think Psycho 2 is probably one of the best ways to do a sequel to a classic that they could have come up with. Yeah, I like Psycho 2. I like Psycho 2 and I like Psycho 3. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, like, with them with 4 saying, like, oh, part 2 and 3 doesn't, didn't happen, blah, 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 is, is kind of a bummer because I like 2 and 3 better than I remember liking 4. <laughs> what are your remembrances of 4, Brian? Hardly anything. Like, I, I, I think the the only time I've ever seen that one in my life was probably yeah probably about the same time that was first around on on Showtime, which was I think uh, nineteen eighty nine or ninety I think because I I remember seeing it growing up. I know I've seen I, I've seen one two and four. I don't know if I've ever caught three. Yeah, I, I I remember it exists and I I know I've seen the box art a thousand times, but. Three's uh, great. It's got Jeff Fahey in it, and then like uh, as Dwayne oh. Duke. He's he's a yeah. character named Dwayne Duke. Mm-hmm. How did I miss the Fahey one? <laughs> yeah, he's got Jeff Fahey in it, and it, it's got Jeff Fahey in it. And Norman Bates falls in love with a nun. It's great. And it was it was directed by Anthony Perkins too. The third one, he directed that one too. And the the fourth one, the the reason I think it was so weak, and I can't blame Anthony Perkins for this. He was dying of AIDS at the time, and you can tell that this is going to be one of his last roles. You can see him struggling through some of the longer takes, and you can see how gaunt he is and how sick he is. So you can kind of tell, yeah, Anthony Perkins was not really up for this final movie. Of course, a lot of it was told in flashback, too, with him with him talking to a call-in show. Which is, I think that's why, because they knew they couldn't get him for the Norman Bates role for the whole movie. So we got to find a way to legitimately make another actor able to play Norman. And I thought, I thought Henry Thomas did a pretty damn good job. Actually. That's one of the few things I could praise about that. He had the mannerisms and everything. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like I, I do remember that about the movie was, I remember the acting being fairly solid. It just, I I just was really irritated that yeah, two and three didn't happen because two is a great movie. I yeah, mean, I like. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying. He's to... got Jeff Fahey. Two has Dennis Franz. Only for the first what twenty minutes before he gets a knife in the face. Yeah, something like that. Two also. It could... it, it was... <laughs> he was that movie's Janet Lee. <laughs> did, did you guys ever read the novel Psycho Two that came out before the movie? No. Uh. Uh-uh. It was a totally different story. It wouldn't have been as good of a movie, but it would have been a lot more fun of a movie. A movie studio, Universal, is making a movie out of the events of the first film when Norman gets out, and so he starts killing everybody on the set of them making the movie Psycho based on his murders. Oh, well, at least, you know, at least it was nice of them to finally turn that into Scream 3. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that did such a great job. (laughs) But like I said, that wouldn't have been as good of a movie, but you guys tell me that wouldn't have been a fun movie? I don't know. I've seen plots like that done well, and I've seen plots like that suck. So, yeah, like you just brought up, Scream 3. Yeah, Scream 3, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think with it coming out, like, if they had gone with that one, uh, you know, it would have been, definitely would have been the, uh, that I can think of, the first movie I would have ever seen like that. So, I mean, it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, and... Uh... Uh, it would be around Boogeyman 2 time. <laughs> no, no, because that was made in 80... Psycho 2 was made in 81. Boogeyman 2, wasn't that made till like, 84, 85? Boogeyman 2? Uh, I, I'd have to look it 
up. It was it was early '80s when that thing came out. Okay, because I just really don't want to give uh, what's the guy's name? So, something Lindsay. I don't want to give him any credit for doing something first. Uli Lamel. Uli Lamel. That's it. Not um, not Umberto Lindsay. Okay, I knew it was some Italian hack. And keep in mind, I love Italian hack movies. Oh God, me too. Those are my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, we did. A, we already did a whole episode on Italian hack movies. We've got a whole topic of Bruno Mattai movies coming up at some point. Sweet, I should make a series out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you could like get drunk while it's happening, and I I think it would really fit the the series perfectly, Brad. We actually talked about that at one point, um, about actually doing some episodes of that drunk. But yeah, cause I think that's how originally when we were brainstorming that, that's kind of how we first even like came up with that idea was just getting really smashed and talking about movies because i don't remember that working so well though i'll i i remember we shot one there was one thing we had a a concept of a show this was i think even before i started the site the concept of a show where we'd all be sitting around drinking just talking about random stuff and we shot it and it actually the footage was actually fine like i could have obviously i'd have to edit it down and if I had edited it down, it, it would have looked fine, but I, I just kind of just forgot about it. Or actually, it might have been around the time. It might have been around the time where I did get booted off YouTube, and had to start the site, and then just got distracted in doing that. So yeah, actually, I think we should do a drunk episode of of that sometime. It it give me more drive to actually want to do an episode of it. <laughs> well, speaking of that, and something that Boogeyman evolved... Two is eighty three. Okay. Well, and speaking of you two and doing something, I watched the, the guinea pig review. Uh, I was I was so proud that you worked in the the Chris Gore Charlie Sheen FBI nonsense into that, Brad. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, I went ahead and worked it into uh, into that one as opposed to uh, waiting. Uh, what's what's the second one? Flower of flesh and blood or something like that it, 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 waiting because i think it was that one that charlie sheen had reported but there were people who did report the first guinea pig as being a snuff film so i just went just went with that just worked in that whole crazy hysteria with it well and just for those who don't know the background chris mm-hmm. gorf uh, he's he's been on the show before and he was the founder and editor of film threat magazine loaned a couple of the guinea pig tapes to charlie sheen back in early, yeah. in the early 90s sheen mm-hmm. being drunk and high at the time thought they were real snuff films and contacted the fbi that night chris gore gets a knock on his door from the fbi and he's got no clue what the hell they're talking about forgot that it was chris gore who gave him that <laughs> yeah it was it was our friend chris gore who gave him that tape it was because I've heard it both ways. Was it the second one or was it the first one? Uh, he said he loaned him a couple of guinea pig tapes, so it he, he probably the loaned them multiple and then just whichever one. Well, the ones, the ones that are that look that are faux snuff films. That's the first one and the second one, and the ones beyond that, some of them are like kind of comedies. Like there's some of them that just get kind of goofy. Like they actually do have some semblance of a kind of story going on but like the first one and the second one are primarily the faux the faux snuff movies so i'd gotten plenty of requests before to do, to do the guinea pig movies and there really isn't when you look at it it's just a fake snuff film so it's not like it's not like there's a whole lot of material to work with but i thought that was really funny to really spoof the 
you know, the whole snuff hysteria about it. You know, I call the cop, I, I call the cops, but not because it's a snuff film, but because it's a bad movie. Well, and you also called Detective Streeback from Dragnet. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was really happy that a few people caught that. So, Brian, how did you feel following in Tom Hanks' footsteps as Detective Pep Streeback? <laughs> oh, it, it was it was a a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm I'm glad I I, I seized that chance. Oh, we'll, bring, we'll, bring back, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring back Detective Streeback. <laughs> Sweet. So so now are you? I kind of got this weird thing that he was Travis Crabtree the whole time, pretending to be Detective Streebeck just to screw with your character. I no. wasn't sure if those were separate characters or Travis was screwing with you. They're separate characters. Travis and Streebeck are separate characters. It's just him, me going Travis, and him going no, no, not not Travis, Detective Streebeck. That was just that was just a meta joke that the both characters are played by the same actor. But they, but they're they're different. They're different characters. Because when you break it, when you when you look at '80s Dan and you look at Travis Crabtree, it's it's hard to believe that Travis would go through that much effort just to screw with someone who he's probably only met a few times in his life. Yeah, Travis Crabtree's kind of lazy. Yeah, it's really <laughs> spiteful. Well, and yeah. I, I gotta ask Brian, does Travis does Travis Crabtree wonder why '80s Dan and the Cinema Snob looks very, very similar? I think actually in one of the episodes we touched on that. I, I can't remember if the Christmas special, maybe. If if that was mentioned, then it would have been just a really quick throwaway gag. Yeah, like something like mentioning how you look like my neighbor or something like that. Despite the fact that apparently. Travis's house is like way down the block. <laughs> <laughs> Yet yes. you still bring him his mail. That's so yeah. nice of you, Brian. Well, it, you know, it's the least I could do. Travis, I mean Travis, Travis. <laughs> it's just I his guess. excuse to go for a walk. <laughs> I guess the ma- the mail gets screwed up in this town where there's a bunch of people who, who really look a lot alike. <laughs> well, Brad, the mail has to be bad. They didn't even seal the box that they sent the guinea pig pig tape in yeah <laughs> they didn't even seal the box i'm planning <laughs> on doing uh more uh i'm planning eventually i'll do all six or seven i, I think there's seven uh i'll i'm planning on doing all the guinea pig movies and it'll be just like i just keep getting just some mystery person keeps sending me this i like the fact that it was on vhs yeah <laughs> i like the fact that you didn't even do a dvdr of it just screw it it's on tape oh yeah yeah if someone sends me a snuff film, I sure hope it's on VHS. No, no, no. Beta. Beta. No, if, it's, if it's on beta, I can't watch it, and my beta player doesn't work anymore. Oh, that sucks. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about Ninja the Mission Force. We'll have an interview with Ed Glazer that I recorded about a week ago to play in a little bit. But, Brad, when when Ed first brought you the idea, were you like, yes, I want to be part of this, or was it, I don't know... No, it wasn't that. I definitely wanted to be a part of it. it was, I'm setting you had, up, Brad. Damn it! We had talked about it for a while, for uh, for a couple for a couple of years, honestly, because he and I are both huge fans of those kind of movies. We're big Godfrey Ho fans, and we had thought it would be very, very funny to do either a movie or a series that is a straight that that is a, that is an homage of those flicks. You know, for a while, you know, we when we kind of talked about it and joked about it, we weren't. 
I don't think there was any big discussion of whether it was going to be a comedy or whether it was just going to be a straight homage or something like that. But, you know, he would he would make these title cards. He would make, okay, yeah, the Ninja the Mission Force title card that's at the beginning of it. I remember he sent me that a, a couple of years ago, I think. Eventually, uh, Megan, his wife, wrote the, uh, wrote the script, wrote the 10-part script, and we all got together. Make it. It was a quick shoot, which is appropriate, I guess, since it's take off a Godfrey Ho movies. It was a quick shoot. You know, we were. I think I was only. I think at least me anyway. I was only up there a few times. Uh, like we shot all the office scenes together. We shot the fight scene because uh, I, I was only in one fight scene. We shot that on on an afternoon, and then I went up there again to do the dubbing. And I remember my voice really giving out towards the end of the dubbing. It was something, yeah, it was something we were, that, yeah, both of us, like, were just really, really keen on, keen on doing and have something to, something to do with. So how'd you get roped into this as, I mean, henchman, Brian? Uh, do you even get a name? Or are you just henchman number whatever that uh, Br- Br- uh, Bruce keeps killing? Well, uh, the, the, the... F- the faceless ninjas that uh, uh, I I do a lot of like fake shimping in there for just random ninjas uh-huh. uh, during the uh, the office part, but uh, yeah, in, in episode uh, I think it was episode five, I was the uh, the evil ninja scientist or the evil science ninja, I believe was the actual title for him. Were we ever even on set at the same time? Uh, yeah, just just for a couple of those. Uh, oh wait, um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're, I, okay, we shot it. We shot all of it in like like last October, I believe. I, I was there. Uh, I was there with you the same the same day at least once. I think I I went up there two or three times. I think I, I forget how many times I I, I was up there. But yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, because I was there when you were doing your training montage. Oh, okay. All right. I remember, I, I know that, like, I don't think Ed and I actually do have any scenes together. Like, I mean, me and Gordon do, yeah, but it's, 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 um, Ninja Gordon, which was played by, uh, which was played by Josh. N- not, not, not me. you. N- I was going to say, not just you. for the audience, not me, Josh. It wasn't you. <laughs> when I watched your guys' Avengers review, the strangest uh-huh. part was, was seeing Megan talk because I'm used to that voice coming out of Sarah Lewis with long black hair. Oh, <laughs> so that was a little disconcerting to hear her coming, her voice coming out of her actual face. I think it was so you, like you think that was uh, weird for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like last minute where it was decided that uh, that it was going to be me dubbing Bruce because the original idea was that it was only going to be like a couple of people doing the dubbing and really it was only a couple of people, but um, it was going to be a couple of people doing the dubbing and no one was going to have their own voice, but it was like at the last minute where they, they decided to get, to have me dub the, uh, to dub the Bruce Bull voice. Cause when we were there, shoot, I was doing that voice when we were there shooting it. When I was saying, when I was saying my lines in those scenes, that actually was how I was saying it was was with the Bruce voice but I guess they yeah they they liked it a lot and asked me to to dub to just yeah dub my voice is, is that it which was which was a lot of fun to do but it it would have been pretty funny to see like Ed or Megan dub my voice 
<laughs> it would have been really funny to see Megan dub your voice. Yeah, yeah, that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> well, because it was also disconcerting for me. I've never seen Sarah Lewis with long hair. I didn't even recognize her at first. She has long hair in the first uh, handful of episodes of the Bruno Matai show. She does in um, Midnight Heat and Game Boys. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was uh, it, it was kind of yeah, it, it kind of threw both of us for a loop too. Because when uh, when Sarah and I first went up there to uh, to film the uh, the TV wife segments, she gets up there and you know uh, has her her wardrobe on and everything, and then. It's like, oh wait, one last thing. I forgot the wig, and uh, we're both standing there like, uh, huh? And then yeah, that's when it's like, oh yeah. By the way, TV wife has long dark hair. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I was up there when Jillian was shooting uh, her scenes with Ed. They were shot on the same day as that I had shot my scenes there in that in that office. And um, that I remember that day. That that day was uh, the first time they tried shooting stuff with gordon and when they did that on the first day the character of gordon looked different he looked um he had a different wig and he was wearing kind of a hawaiian shirt he looked a little more magnum pi looking and ed he didn't like it at all uh he didn't like it the the the, the wig didn't feel very right on him he didn't really like the look of the character and he was kind of i guess i guess he just didn't really like being in that outfit so uh, later on, those scenes were reshot. I, I wasn't there when Jillian went back to reshoot those scenes, but I was there when they were originally shooting stuff with with the Gordon character. And um, I remember that particular day, like my my sleep schedule was way off, and Ed Ed shoots like really early, like pretty early in the morning. At least, I mean, early for me anyway. Um, <laughs> Ed, yeah, so like noon. No, he shoots. He shoots pretty early in the morning. So we had to. We live like ninety minutes away. So we drove up there, and um, I remember the night before, I didn't actually get any. Uh, I I couldn't actually fall asleep. Like I I had I had some serious trouble sleeping, and so when we were shooting like some of those Bruce scenes, like I had been up for over twenty four hours, which which worked out because the character is supposed to look kind of burnt out anyway. Yeah, um, you're kind of a borderline psychotic as it is. Yeah, yeah. So that so that worked out. But um I but I remember that that first when Ed is shooting the scenes with Jillian and I, I just fell asleep in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't tired when we were actually filming the scenes. I wasn't tired when we were filming the scenes. Then I was alert and everything. But once I was wrapped I just passed out on the floor in this university hallway. <laughs> we'll we'll drop it there and then we'll we'll talk to Ed Glazer, we'll play the interview, and then we'll be back in a moment. Ninja, the mission force. Witness outstanding action adventure in search for the ultimate power of the six alien ninja warriors. Once I, Bruce, have all six, I will have ultimate ninja power and rule the world. <laughs> Andy, I'm about to face a ninja challenge. What's a ninja? Just a fairy tale. They don't exist. Ninja the Mission Force. The weapon, the subtlety, the authenticity of traditional ninja forces explode into violent conflict. Gordon, I need you to go into space. Okay, I will. (laughs) 
Ninja the Mission Force. Glamorous Hollywood superstars join forces in one complete, seamless movie that's totally one movie. You sound like you're in a well. It's called speakerphone. Get with the decade, man. Run! It's the greatest ninja of all! Ninja the Mission Force. An evil ninja challenges a righteous ninja. Only a ninja can defeat a ninja. Ninja, 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 ninja. Ninja the Mission Force. Coming soon on this screen. I'm sitting down with Ed Glazer, the writer, director, creator, star of the really goddamn impressive Ninja the Mission Force on the internet. What's up, Ed? Hey, how's it going? I think you might also know me from uh, uh, I can, what the what the f I guess because I don't know if I can say the word here. You can't on Radio Drome, but you've been on Drome enough times. You know the rules. Right, exactly. So tell us a little bit about how Ninja the Mission Force came about. I mean, it's obviously, I would call it a love letter to Godfrey Ho, but there's a lot more to it than that. Give us a little in-depth into what Ninja the Mission Force actually is, Ed. Sure. Um, how much do you think the uh, Radiodrome audience knows about Ninja Flicks? I would say if they're listening to this show, they probably are pretty familiar with Godfrey Ho, but okay. just give a quick little background on Godfrey Ho for those who might not know or newer people to the scene. Sure. Uh, the short version is that Hong Kong filmmaker Godfrey Ho worked for a company called IFD uh, back in the 80s. And to cash in on the huge ninja boom started in the States by canon flicks like uh, Enter the Ninja and Revenge of the Ninja and all the Shokasugi movies, they couldn't afford to make their own ninja movies per se, but they owned the rights to a bunch of foreign films from all over Asia. And so what they would do is they would take those films, chop them up, insert new scenes of white guys in multicolored ninja outfits doing ninja things, splice it all together, dub over the entire thing and release it as a separate ninja movie with names like Ninja Terminator, Ninja the Protector, uh, the Ninja Squad, uh, and things like that. And of course, they were as as cheap and ridiculous as you might imagine. And so with Ninja the Mission Force, uh, we created a web series that does essentially the same thing, but plays it for laughs. If anyone's ever seen Ninja Terminator, which is probably Godfrey Ho's most notorious film, although that might be arguable, you've got so many specific Ninja Terminator references in there. I'm going to go on a limb, Ed, and say that's one of your favorites. It, it is one of my favorites, absolutely. Because, I mean, th there's the Garfield phone, the little robot carrying the VHS tape. There's just all these little nods to Ninja Terminator. It's certainly one of the most outrageous and probably the easiest to mine specific things from because you can, you've got those concrete elements that are iconic and ridiculous. For Ninja the Mission Force, if people have not seen it yet, and if they haven't, stop listening to this and go download the, what, or the 10 episodes? Yep, 10 episodes. Go download those and watch them. Our conversation from this point forward will make a lot more sense if you've seen them. And you can see them at ninjathemissionforce.com. Exactly. Or I'm sure darkmaze.com, right? Absolutely. You've, you've got, obviously, Brad and Jillian and Brian and whatnot involved in this. But you also seem to somehow get Charles Bronson and 
Orson Welles and John Travolta. What was it like working with those guys? Those guys were great. I just sent them the script and was like, you know, hey, would you be interested? And they were like, this is hilarious. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, Orson Welles, I, I was told he's a bit of a diva, but he was actually remarkably easy to work with. He said whatever I asked him to say. So, you know, I can't eat that as a director. All joking aside, what made you pick the specific public domain movies that you did pick to use? Or was it just you were going to go, I want an Orson Welles flick. I'm going to use this or I'm going to use Night of the Living Dead. Or did they kind of naturally work into the story where you said Night of the Living Dead fits in part nine? Well, it's it's really more for the marquee value. I wanted to be able to say, here is a series that's got all of these actors in them because it's a hard sell, I think trying to explain this show i i try not to for total newcomers uh, explain the series in terms of the godfrey ho films because I, I lose them about the time i get to well it's sort of inspired by these movies in the 80s where they cut and paste um, they're gone they don't care at that point uh but to say something like uh night of the living dead with ninjas Orson Welles versus ninjas, that's a little bit easier to get across. And so, um, and then there's also that humor value in saying that we've got a series that has Orson Welles and Charles Bronson and, um, uh, gosh, um, John Travolta. Brandon, yeah, John Travolta, Brandon Lee, you know, all guys. And that, and that was, I think that was very worthwhile. When you were writing the script, did the script come first and then you decided what the dialogue from the movie would be? Or did you take the movie scenes and go, okay, we kind of have to do this with the script at this point? First of all, uh, I am not the writer uh, for the series, thank goodness. Um, that was done by Megan Rochelle, who is uh, a much more talented writer than myself. And um, I, kind of, I kind of had the idea for the series. I knew I wanted to do a Godfrey Ho parody thing, but... Um, it had been rattling around in my head for a while. And I didn't know what format it was going to be, whether it was going to be a feature film or a short film or something like that. And eventually the idea of doing it in as a web series where each episode featured a different film uh, came to me. And I thought, well, that's that's got to be the way to do it because then we can kind of have a lot more stuff going on. We don't have to jokes from one particular kind of movie into the ground. And then I sort of turned it over to Megan, who, um, because I can't write, uh, I'm not a writer. And she was eager to, to give writing the script a shot. And so I said, sure, Megan, go for it. And I kind of had a list of the movies that I wanted to do. In some cases, I had some a rough idea, like one of the public domain Peplum movies with um, Richard Harrison. I wanted to do one of those because I wanted Richard Harrison in one of these movies because he was a staple of all of the uh, Godfrey Ho movies, or many of them rather in the actual ninja scene. So we thought it'd be funny for him to be in the B footage scenes. And uh, from there, Megan went through the movies and kind of came up with the, the ninja story and worked out ways to integrate the footage from the other movies. You also had the actors in the freshly shot footage. You had this hack named Brad Jones. I don't know how you ever worked with such a prima donna. But then you also had Jillian and Brian and all that. With the exception of Brad, were they all pretty good to work with? Everyone was terrific to work with. Um, I, I think I mentioned the idea to them. Brad, I mentioned the idea to ages ago before I had any idea what I had a title and no concept of what Ninja the Mission Force was going to be, really. 
And uh, when I mentioned the idea to to Jillian and Sarah and Brian and everyone, uh, they were all excited about it. And so I'm like, all right, awesome. So um, Megan kind of wrote with them in mind because we knew that they were game for all this silliness. Plus, they knew the films that we were inspired by. So they had at least a rough idea of the kind of thing that we were doing, um, which is a big plus. When it came to the dubbing, obviously going for the Godfrey Ho feel, you you just have yourself and I'm assuming Megan doing the female voices. It, it it sounds really strange to someone who's not familiar with the Godfrey Ho films. W- w- did you even record any live sound while you were shooting, or you just said screw it, we're all gonna overdub it anyway? Um, I had the mic that was on the camera, which was set to a really low volume because it was I, I use it for an external mic, which then I can get good sound from. But we we affect we essentially shot it sound there was a little bit of something there for kind of a a rough track if we really wanted to play it back and and hear what they were saying particularly if a line was changed or something but yeah it was it was myself um essentially doing all of the male voices except for brad who did his own voice and megan doing all of the female voices um the only other exceptions are um stuart ashen uh, aka dr ashen who uh, voiced the trailer and all of the next week bumpers and Andy Shirovsky, who has a brief voice cameo in episode two as Andy, uh, who was one of the actors and dubbers for a number of the actual Godfrey Ho films in the 80s. Now, now that the first season is over, do you have a second season planned or are you going to start that now? Are you in pre-production? Can we expect a second season, basically, is what I'm asking. Well, there is going to be a little bit more Ninja the Mission Force stuff for an upcoming DVD. So we've got some special stuff planned for that. As for second season, uh, we're not much further than maybe battering around an idea here and there, because honestly, it's going to be based on viewership. Um, The people that have watched, the folks that have watched Ninja the Mission Force uh, the first season have loved it, have been really positive about it, which has warmed our little hearts. Um, but the viewership isn't especially high. So the more coverage we can get on it, the more uh, viewers we can get, the more a second season is going to be feasible. We would love to do it. Well, because I personally, I was blown away by it. When I saw the first episode, I went, this is exactly up my alley, that this is the perfect web series for me. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's a glorious throwback to the 80s. And it's just silly in that fun, non-adult swim kind of way. So I want to congratulate you. It was a, I think it was a brilliant series, and I don't know if you've won the Telly Award yet or not, but you better. Yeah, we did. We, we actually we won a Telly Award for comedy for the first episode, and um, the official announcement's going to come in June. We haven't done a big announcement for it because the Tellys don't do their official announcement until June. But yes, we actually, we actually did win one. So, Ed, before I let you go, anything you want to add to the end of this? Because I'm going to be telling people to go watch this. What do you got to say? Well, I would say pretty much the exact same thing. Um, I encourage people to check out the series if they're not familiar with it at ninjathemissionforce.com. And if they like it, then um, the greatest thing that they can do for us is spread the word by any means necessary. And whether that's posting on Facebook and Twitter, that's great. Um, but one of the things that we'd really love for people to do is – make their voice heard to media outlets, um, whether it's their favorite blog, um, TV news, uh, their favorite magazine, um, anything that covers cinema or pop culture, and see if 
they might be interested in doing a story about Ninja the Mission Force because that is going to be a way that we can reach a lot more people. And there's a lot of fun stuff that we're doing, um, mixing and mashing uh, media. So hopefully it's something that that those guys would be interested in. Um, but anything that you can do to spread the word and uh, help us get a second season would be enormously appreciated. All right. So I want to thank Ed for stopping by Radiodrome again, even though it's not going to be kind of like on our panel. But thank you for stopping by Radiodrome again, Ed. Anytime, man. I got to tell you guys, I absolutely loved Ninja the Mission Force. And for, for those who are listening on iTunes or on Jackalope who don't know what we're talking about, Ninja the Mission Force, which you can find it, is it ninjathemissionforce.com? Brad? Yeah, uh, darkmaze.com, um, ninjathemissionforce.com. Um, there, there's the episodes are embedded on on my site, thecinemasnob.com. They're also embedded on that guy at theglasses.com. It's it's easy to find, and they they are absolutely hilarious. And where else are you going to see Charles Bronson and Brandon Lee and Orson Welles and John Travolta and Sonny Chiba all in the same TV series, kinda? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. It's classic Godfrey Ho. Right. <laughs> I saw something kind of funny on the comments on, as we record this, the last Radiodrome you put on the site was was Brian's uh-huh. first episode. And it's kind of funny. Okay, I, I, I get that the very small minority that actually make a difference to our listenership that don't like me. It's funny. Anytime somebody says a positive comment about me, they're like, okay, Josh, you can just post under your real name. <laughs> I, find, I find that absolutely hilarious that these people hate me so much. They just cannot fathom the fact that there are people who don't hate me. I think that's like, hilarious. But even um, but the way that some of them are written, though, is the thing. Because it isn't like some of them are just written to where, like, oh, hey, guys, come on, come on. Josh is, Josh is all right. Josh is all right. It's the way that a couple of them are written that, to be, uh, to be perfectly honest, even I kind of thought, Dude, really? <laughs> except, except you're able to check IPs. You can I see to, I, I did not I write any of those. Yes, none of those am, are from me. <laughs> I know, I know. I am able to check IPs, so so I can vouch. I can vouch that uh, that yeah, if he has something to say, he'll sign it under his real name. But in defense of some of the people that were like Josh, come on, some of them really were written like you, which is probably why they like you. I, I did kind. Of, I did kind of notice that. I mean, I didn't necessarily blame them for immediately thinking it was me, but yeah. then every other time I've responded to somebody, I've always used my real name. So yeah, I yeah. have no reason to use a pseudonym for anything. They kind of do the same thing with uh, um, Jared too. Yeah, uh, there's somebody posing as Jared. Yeah, I saw that. There was one guy who was, there was one guy who was posing as Jared. There's one guy who posts every now and then just to say how much he hates me or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and some people usually kind of go like, go like, oh, Jared, cut it out. Which I can vouch for that too. That's, that's not actually Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Brian, I, I will get you that, that Phantasm tape I promised you a while ago. I will get Dude, that in I'm the mail. S- I'm still waiting. Yeah, well, have I, you- <laughs> I still can't believe you've never seen Phantasm. <laughs> hey, hey, but to be fair, Brian, okay, I might be procrastinating on that a little bit. Have you watched Prince of Darkness yet? I'm going to guess no. Damn it. Ha, found see? Me out. <laughs> see? See, so- I, could, I could very easily lie, but then I realized 
he'll ask me the simplest question, and I what? will he, completely. He, <laughs> he did watch Prince of Egypt. Not really the same. <laughs> They're both about you. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, one has Val Kilmer. It's awesome. Well, yeah. Brad, did you get the box of 007 and Caligula laser discs I sent you? Oh, I did. It's great too because now I have, uh, which thank you by the way. Uh, I uh, now I have a laser disc of the R-rated and the unrated of Caligula. I, I was um, gonna say because yeah, I was hesitant to send that to you because I thought you would have had it, and then I thought I doubt he has the R-rated laser disc. I don't have the R-rated laser disc. Well, I have you do the R-rated on. I have the R-rated on DVD. I have the R-rated on tape. I need to do something spotlighting the R-rated cut of that sometime because that cut's just hilarious. It's fun. It's hilarious if you've seen the uncut, uh, because the R-rated is just so poorly edited. But what was funny was I don't know if you saw that birthday video I put up with uh, Irving. Um, I filmed him getting his birthday present for me and I usually get people just like really random stuff <laughs> um, like the year I got, I got Brian the talking turtle action figure the, the year that I thing got is awesome by the I way got, does it sound like Spoonie? and it still works <laughs> um, it still works uh, the talking turtle I, I got our buddy Adam like a poster of like the black power salute at the Olympics um <laughs> I got just the other day. I got our buddy Nick a uh, picture book on the making of Warhorse. So, <laughs> so Brian, so Irving, I got, um, so Irving, I got him this life-size cardboard standee of uh, Rhett Butler and Scarlett O'Hara, and uh, which is what was funny because the day we had his birthday party, which is the day I went and bought that, I went to go buy this and then I get home and that's when the laser discs came in the mail and I open it up and I'm like, Oh, this is a coincidence. Here's a gone with the wind laser disc that Josh sent me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have sent me Scarlet. At least that one had Timothy Dalton in it. I don't know if I have that one on laser or not. I don't, I don't have that one at all. I've seen it. Like I saw it when it first aired, but I, I'm, I don't have a copy of Scarlet. Uh, so yeah, I looked at that. I was like, "Oh, laser disc gone with the wind." That's pretty fun. It's pretty funny. <laughs> well, but then there were the actual 007 movies too. Oh yeah, I was excited about those. Man, what's all there? License to Kill, Man with the Golden Gun, um, Goldfinger. I think Doctor and I think Doctor No might have been in there. Yeah, it, it, oh. Doctor No definitely was in there. Doctor No, I know Her Majesty's Secret Service wasn't. Moonraker, um, I know, wasn't because I would have kept that one. Yeah, was Moonraker your favorite? It's a sci-fi one, uh, the most sci-fi one. So yes, <laughs> I had to correct myself. The most sci-fi one, yes. Is Jason X, your favorite Friday the Thirteenth? No, six is. You know that. Yeah, but dude, Jason X is the most sci-fi. So Hellraiser Four is not my favorite Hellraiser. Yeah, but it's the most sci- science fictiony. Come on, it's the same argument you're giving to Bond. <laughs> that means, it but apply. I'm not a big Bond fan, so that means it, sh- that means it should apply to uh, every uh, every franchise. Ah, internet like, logic. Brad's yeah. using internet logic. Critics or uh, uh, Critters Four. Uh, Critters, Critters Four is my favorite of that franchise, though. But coming, I mean, you got Angela Bassett and Brad Dourif. Yeah, that one is the most Dorothy. Uh, that one. That and he's actually not that villainy in that either. He's almost a regular nice guy in that one. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. So before we before we sig out here, Brian, some people have complained 
that we don't let you talk enough. Do you feel like we cut you off? All right, well, that's enough. Oh. <laughs> All right, answer for real. I just, I had to set you up for that joke. Walked right in, like, like these sons of bitches are just going to cut me off. I know it now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. No, no, I, I, I don't feel like you guys cut me off at all. No, I, it's one of those things you got three people talking and, and usually like, especially when, when you guys get on a jag, I mean, you guys just run off of them. Like, I, I'm just going to kind of cruise back here a little bit. So he's right, man. Once we start talking about the show jag, oh, there's no stopping us. <laughs> I never, I never got into that show. I'm much more of an NCIS kind of guy. I don't boo. What? The first few seasons weren't too bad of what of ncis yeah yeah well that that, that sounds complimentary i'm sure it's radically different (laughs) actually the pilot episode that was on jag was quite a bit different than what the series was i'll have to ask my grandma if you're right about that Ooh! (laughs) ouch ouch on that note where can we find smart assy mcsmart smart right there I don't know. Tell him your address, Josh. <laughs> Why would you be at my house? <laughs> oh, I'm smart-ass McSmart. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. sorry I, I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. The show's you, fi- completely broken down. <laughs> Fine. You don't get to do a plug this week. Brian, where can people find you? They can find me over at Brad Jones's website, <laughs> thecinemasnob.com. Thank you for picking up on the setup I gave you there, too. <laughs> you can find me at 1201beyond.com, 1201beyond at gmail.com, and we're, we are 100% serious about if you guys want to help out Todd with his medical bills and helping keep Jackalope running, that you know it would anything would be very much appreciated. So thanks, guys. Have a good night.
Better life for me and you. 